Well, we've got a great morning this morning and uh, I just want to talk to you this morning about the jab that counts. So don't switch off quickly because you don't know where I'm going, but I just, that, I just felt that's the message I wanted to do, the jab that counts. And unless you've managed to avoid all sorts of media, you would know that there is a massive promotion on at the moment for everyone to be vaccinated. And the good news is Life Unlimited Church is not going to tell you what to do and what choice to make in the slightest. We do, however, really encourage everyone to be informed, to do your research, ask God for wisdom in making the decision and do what you feel is best for you and your family. Also being responsible and acting responsibly when you're with others. So, you know, something though that has really troubled me over time and uh, it's just the absolute change in our society and the way they're absolutely aggressive and the, the anger and just lack of respect that people are expressing to each other in society with, with their opinions on so many levels. You know, I was just even with the, with the COVID vaccination, the, the amount of just aggression and lack of respect with people's choices and that, I, I'm just so disappointed. You know, I've recently, I don't know how many of you, we like to watch it, my husband and I, we like to watch MasterChef. And I was just so thrilled that the guy who won, because you've got, obviously, if you've looked at that, you've got to be so incredibly skilled. And he'd won this on his own merit, done everything. But it was so awful to see that once he'd won, there were so many people that, that sent in awful messages about, I wish I'd never even watched this show, all because they found out he was a Christian and he went to a certain church. Like, how do people do this? And then also, too, I've seen people demonstrating in other countries. And not everybody demonstrating, but some of them demonstrating. They're just looting shops and smashing things that be, belong to people. What, what part of demonstrating is that? How can they do that? And, the, you know, they're, they're destroying the lives, the, the business lives and that of people they don't even know. And then there's just disappointed, actually, to see Christians on social media and bickering back and forward about different things. And it's like, you know, people that know them, people that know them, they just, they must think, you know, and, and then maybe they're not Christians and they look at them and think, you know, why are they doing this? Why do Christians do this? And, you know, I have to ask myself, is this the heart of God? Is this really God's heart for what he wants to do? And if, you know, really, if you don't like what they say, wake up, stop following them. It's not rocket science. If you're being bullied on social media, stop following the person. It's just, it's too easy. But when did destructive anger and lack of respect when, when did that become okay for people to do? I have a quote that's framed at my home and it says, be the reason people believe in the goodness of God. Be the reason people believe in the goodness of God. And does the way I act or the way you act and we respond to others, does that help them believe in the goodness of God? Ephesians 5 verse 15 to 17 says, so be careful how you act. These are difficult days. Don't be fools, be wise. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. And while there's a huge initiative out in our nation at the moment for everyone to be vaccinated, a, a jab 
um, sorry, vaccinated, a jab that's going into us. That's what it is. But I couldn't help thinking about how God must be concerned about other things also and that the condition of our heart and that what is coming out of us. And so for something to come out of us, it's got to have gone into us firstly. And I strongly felt in my heart today to encourage you to think about the things that you are putting into your life. What are you jabbing yourself with? And I'm not referring to the COVID vaccine here. Make it the jab that counts, that leads others to believe in the goodness of God, that they want to come to know God and have a relationship with Him and grow in Him. Let's be ambassadors of hope to a vulnerable and a very hurting world. So the first thing I would recommend this morning is let's have a jab of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we live or we die by our convictions. And it is so important we know what we believe and make sure what we believe lines up with the Word of God and that brings honour to Him. Galatians 5 verses 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It would be wonderful that others saw the fruit of the Spirit coming out of us, as well as generosity and respect for each other, that other people felt we were a safe place, that we were agents of healing. Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 33, a tree is known and recognized and judged by its fruit. A good tree can be recognized by its fruit and that applies as much to fruit as it does to us in our lives. We are known by our fruit, not our spiritual gifts. We are known by our fruit, not our spiritual gifts. In Colossians 1, verse 10, it says, and we pray this, in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. I don't know if you've been out walking, getting in our two hours of outside each day and that, noticing the beautiful cherry blossoms and the Manchurian prayers, and I'm sure there's other trees too, and they're just the beautiful spring blossoms that they've got on them. But I've worked out over the years, they only last for four weeks. And the first week they're starting to come out, the next week and, and by the second and third, it's like, oh, wow, look at them. And then you start to notice the shoots. And it's like overnight, one day I'm walking and there's beautiful cherry blossoms. The next day I'm walking and the whole tree is filled with green leaves and there's nothing else. And the thing I love about it though is, that they are doing what they were supposed to do, the trees. They're doing what they created. No one forces the cherry blossoms to come out. They just automatically do it because that's what's in them to come out. It's an automatic step that happens because they are doing what they were created to do. And when we take a jab of the fruit of the Spirit by allowing God's Word in our life and following His words, no one has to squeeze the fruit of the Spirit out of us or the good works out of us. It will just naturally happen because that's what we were created to do. The other thing about trees is, I love that they need to be, is deeply rooted. I don't know how many of you recently saw the 
awful, destructive hurricane that swept through the USA. And I was seeing these trees just uprooted in that. But not every tree was, because the trees that had deep, deep roots, they stood there. They stood the test of time. And you know, when life circumstances, when things happen in your life that come in like a hurricane, that's when you want to be sure that you have roots that go deep down in God, that you're not easily moved, that people can count on you. In Psalm 1 verse 3, we see the outcome of a person who's following God's ways. It says, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. I do love that little phrase, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Sounds so wonderful, doesn't it? Bearing fruit in every, not just in a certain season, like the cherry blossom, bearing fruit in every season of his life. Have you got the jab that counts? The next jab I recommend is a jab of grace. In the book of Corinthians in the Bible, we see that the people saw themselves as spiritually elite, having all they needed, but they lacked the evidence of God's grace. You know, when people hurt you or they do something that is totally unfair for you, showing grace is the last thing you want to do. Believe you me. Some people are downright evil in what they do, in their actions but others are victims of their own hurts and abuse and are trying to navigate life themselves. I have to keep telling myself that when I do not want to show grace. Unfortunately, you happen to be the recipient of them outworking that hurt. And when we feel like we're really weak and that we just can't forgive them, I've been in that position many, many times in my life. And we don't want to show them grace but we must go to God. And I know I've done this. We must go to God who has more than enough grace for us. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, it says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And there's been many times I have just felt so weak. I just can't do it, God. And, and to be honest, I don't really want to do it. But I do come to the point where I say, God, I want you to help me get to the point where I do want to do it. And I know you will give me the grace to do it. And sometimes it's not just overnight, but it's a continual thing. Well, there's one major flaw in the law of revenge, which includes pouting or wanting to give someone the cold treatment. It never seems to settle the score. You can't undo the hurt or the fact that they've said, you know they've said things about you that you don't like. You can't replace who or what was lost. All it does is chain you to the past. In Romans 5, verse 20, it says, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. When you bring yourself to the point of forgiveness, you release God's healing grace into your life and also into the person that brought injustice into your life. You know, showing grace is an unnatural act but with supernatural and powerful results. When you bring yourself to the point of forgiveness, you take a grace step forward, you step forward. Then no longer is that situation a part of your present 
and you won't be taking it into the future because now it is part of your part of your past. So you need to go, God, I need to take that grace step forward and step forward and keep stepping forward as though you are arm in arm with the most wonderful person, which is God, and keep taking those steps and doing the grace walk. Let me add something else here. Showing grace and forgiveness doesn't always negate the need to address some issues or ongoing behavioural patterns. If an alcoholic was driving and crashing into your car, killing one of your family, while you may show them grace and forgiveness in time, the issue of that person's ongoing state of alcoholism definitely needs to be addressed and perhaps appropriate steps taken by the authorities. God loves people and shows them grace because of who he is, not because of who we are. In Hebrews 4 verse 16, it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What greater gift could Christians give to the generations that are coming up than forming a culture that upholds grace and forgiveness. How wonderful that would be. The Apostle Paul says in Acts 20, verse 24, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Have you got the jab that counts? And the one last jab I recommend today, and perhaps you can think of other jabs that you need to get into your life, is a jab of genuine love. People long to feel safe and secure and genuinely loved. While human love is great, nothing compares to the steadfast love of God, which never, ever, ever ends. He never leaves us, nor does he ever give up on us. In Job 10, verse 12, it says, You have granted me life and steadfast love, and your care has preserved my spirit. Psalm 32, verse 10 says, Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. I was reading a passage recently from Micah Jazz at the St. Cuthbert's, St. Cuthbert's Oratory in England, and he said, Steadfast love is something we yearn to yearn for deep in love. Steadfast love is something we yearn for deep within. It offers complete acceptance and affirmation. It does not excuse our bad behavior or mistakes, but offers a precious moment to address their consequences. It is a place of safety where wounds are licked, lessons are learned, and a fresh start made. How do we get a genuine, genuine, a jab of genuine love to be able to show it to others in many forms. Well, by building a relationship with our Heavenly Father, whose love has no end. In Ephesians 3 verse 19, it says, Christ's love is greater than anyone will, can ever know. But I pray you will be able to know that love. Then you will be filled, going into you, filled with the fullness of God. Also, we, as we spend time in God's presence, we fill up with his presence, his fullness and his love. In Ephesians 5, 
verses 15 to 20, sorry, in Ephesians 5, verses 18 to 20, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the fourth century, Anathasius, one of the church fathers, encouraged singing, in particularly the Psalms, not because they express our love for God, but rather impress God's love on our hearts. In other words, we are actually drawing God's love into our lives. It's coming into our lives rather than only declaring our love for God. I'd love that. When we get a a jab of genuine love, then we can genuinely love other people. We are attentive to them. We listen to them. We encourage them and we, and we let them know how much they are valued. We look for opportunities to make a difference for good in their lives. Mother Teresa said, our duty in life is not to see through one another, but to see one another through. Have you got the jab that counts? You know, God's heart is always being to see what is in heaven reflected on earth. Then if he is waiting, he's looking and he's longing to try to get an entrance into your life and to reflect that, then we need to be waiting, looking and longing and trying to get an entrance into other people's lives. We live in such a self-absorbed world and God is in the business of changing the face of the world and he wants to do it through you, right through you. But how can you do that if you don't know Jesus? You know, grace costs nothing for those receiving it, but everything for the giver. God's grace is not a grandfatherly display of niceness. Isn't that lovely? Let's just show grace. For it costs the exorbitant price of our loving God giving up his son, his son Jesus to die on the cross at Calvary, paying the price for your sins and my sins once and for all, past, present, future. It is those sins deliberately leaving God out of the picture and making an absolute mess of our lives that keeps us from a relationship with God. He longs to be in relationship with you, but he'll never force you. In Ephesians 1 verses 7 to 8, it says he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Jesus was in agony, having been jabbed with nails in his hands and his feet, strung up on a cross, and later on jabbed by the so in the side by a soldier. Jesus knew, hanging there in excruciating pain, what was required to enable us to be forgiven, to be totally set free and have the ability to ask God to be in our lives. His love for us is greater than all he is going was going through. He truly took the jab that counts for my eternity and for your eternity. 
And the good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead. On the third day, God raised him from the dead, having defeated the power of death. So we can now have a real, vital and loving relationship with a living Saviour. <laughs> 